Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking, uh, not so much answering a question, uh, I guess it is, how can we as believers not lose heart? Kind of making it through, huh? Yeah, you know, we get caught up in these struggles, we get uh, sidetracked, our vision. Listen, I'm, I'm reminded of, of uh, Peter when he was walking on water, <laughs> and he sees the storm, and he forgets to look at Jesus, and then he sinks like a rock. Yep. Then all of a sudden, we start losing heart. Lord, save me. Lord, Quickest, save me. Shortest prayer in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and God answered it immediately, thankfully. And immediately. And I think that the reason that we get hung up in, and we start losing heart is because we take our eyes off Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so excited to, to jump in here. I'm an exhorter. You know, I was like, yeah, we <laughs> I could come alongside people when they're down, and I, uh, it's it's my territory. Except when I'm down, you know, right. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I've been in the script. I do know what to do. I really That's do. right. That's right. One of the things that I want to look at is James chapter 1. And I think James chapter 1 will help us stay in focus because it lays it out for us how – we are to be if we want the hand of God to work in our life. But before we jump into there, just think back of some great people who sort of lost heart. Yeah. Uh, David just kind of lost heart when he just left Israel when he was in exile and went down to live among the Philistines, King Ashish. And the king was like, what's David doing? He's got to kill Goliath. And David has sort of lost right. heart. How about Elijah after the great victory? I just read that yeah. this morning. Yeah, Mount Carmel. Dude lost heart, man. I'm the up. only one. Yeah, he winds up under a juniper tree. So it kind of happened, even to good people. Right. Moses, saw, uh, Exodus 33, just had it up to here, man. And he was wore out. And Lord, show me your glory. Yeah. I'm tired of people. Well, and that's the thing is it does happen. Well, hey, listen, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And we're going to talk about uh, how not to lose heart. We're also going to point out, listen, there's a multitude of people that have lost heart. And how did they get reconnected and, and plugged back in? Because, guys, honestly, uh, we can lose heart because the troubles of the world can overwhelm yeah, us yeah. and the troubles of people. But how do we get plugged back in? if we do lose heart and how do we stay plugged in so we don't lose heart hopefully we will help you with some of those questions and help uh help you get the answer and encourage you and i know for duke this is uh his exciting thing because this is he comes he, all about building up exhorting and lifting up and i love it uh because i seem to be the prophet that just tears down <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need Johnny. Sometimes he needs me. Right? It is um, pretty good. I man, that's why God gives all of us a gift so that we can right. be there for one another. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. Father, I pray your hand upon this podcast. Lord, that we do encourage and that we point people back to you. And, Father, that as we do, they seek your face and you lift them up on high, Father, that uh, they see your power and your glory and they are refreshed and reminded that it is in you, Father, that we have the peace and we have the victory and we have the joy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so as we look at this, there's a lot of things that just wear us out. Yeah, I think the reason people lose heart is kind of important 
to bring into this conversation. Yeah, go ahead. There's different reasons why some people lose heart because they just make a lot of bad choices. Right. And you can't fix that by just hanging around a good person right. uh, or quoting a scripture. If you've, if you've really lost heart because your life is just falling apart, you really need to maybe get some outside counsel, uh, a multitude of counselors or safety, and uh, start making good decisions. But a lot of times as a pastor where I'm, I'm dealing with this, with church members who are losing heart, right? Or especially other pastor friends. I'm I'm the old guy now. I guess I'm a mentor to some younger men, and they're they're kind of losing heart. First of all, it's like, dude, it said that my preachers like you're carrying the load. You're you have people. You're being bombarded. You got social media. People putting stuff up, and you know, 40 years ago, nobody dude, had social to media. That. It wears it wears preachers out. It wears every dude honestly because they start looking at people and thinking that should be their life. And then they start comparing to other people. And then jealousy starts. And, and then, oh, my goodness, it just it, it becomes a train wreck. So I think it comes back to how what is it that's getting people to, to lose heart? And I know so many great uh, Christian people, missionaries and pastors and Christian leaders in their churches that are, are just kind of wore out as they're bearing one another's burdens. And they're putting up with a lot, excuse me, crap. You know, they're willing to just get in, get their hands dirty, and they just get overwhelmed. Now, if that's the case, sometimes just coming apart a little bit. Right. One preacher said, you got to come apart sometimes so you don't come apart. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. So I think the reason uh, we kind of uh, lose heart sometimes is is important. But here, yeah, I, I, here's God up above who's the one that can restore us and revive us. He looks down and he sees these people carrying the load. Those he's called, those that are laboring, those are paying the price, those are standing, those are being persecuted. Let me tell you, his affection is on those guys, and he's going to show them the way to get through this. Right. And uh, so I think uh, the reason is a big part. So you talk, well, I get all excited. But here's the, no, and you're right. And here's the other thing too is, and you and I were just talking about this over lunch, that um, people are lonely right now. Or they want to be a part of something and, you know, they're bitter or because we were talking about the fellowship and pastors and guys, listen, my, my desire is I want to bring pastors together. The problem is most pastors have been so burnt. They don't want to come together. And, and it's been so many years for me that I've become accustomed to being by myself and, and you and I get together and that's sufficient for me. But for a lot of people, they struggle because they're either feeling left out, they're feeling uh, like they're not a part of something. They start losing heart because now they're Elijah. I'm the only one, <laughs> right? <They're on laughs> God just let him whine for a little bit, gave him some food, let him get some rest, and said, "You ready to go back to work?" Yeah, <laughs> There's still seven thousand haven't, and he went back to work and did a great work after that. Exactly, that was what's really cool. But he had to be reminded he wasn't the only one. And guys, I'm going to tell you the result of sin is what is destroying people. It is causing them to lose. Sin will tax you. Uh, I don't care who you are. Sin will tax you. Whether you are living it or living in it, it will tax you. Yeah, that's the real enemy. It is the absolute enemy. But I want to encourage you and say this, that trials come and they're only momentary. In 2 Corinthians 417 for our light affliction, which is, but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But in that moment, moment, it can be so overwhelming. 
It really can. It can. And and one of the things that I want to point out is James chapter one. I didn't even have this in my notes, but as as I was sitting here and we were talking, all of a sudden this just came to my mind, right? Because James says in uh, James chapter one, verse two, is by the way, he's writing this to the 12 tribes that have been scattered everywhere. Persecuted. They're persecuted. Yeah. Christians are being thrown to the lions in, uh, in the Colosseum in Rome at, at this time of this writing. That's James is writing to these people who literally are losing their lives, their livelihoods, their families, their friends, everything. And he says this in verse 2, my brethren. Now he's writing to the Christians because the truth is if you don't have Christ, you this doesn't apply to you. It just doesn't. You're in the family or you're not. Yeah. So these are the ones that are in. These are the ones. He's talking to the family. My brethren, count it all joy. What? What? He, what? James, shut up, dude. What do you mean joy? I don't right? want to hear this. <laughs> you know? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And then he goes in and he tells them why. And I think a lot of times we lose heart because we forget the why. Yeah, God might know what he's doing. I'm thinking maybe. This verse kind of indicates that, doesn't it? Yes. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing. Here you go. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Ah, but let that patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's kind of like you can't really grow into that beautiful Christian maturity without some trials. You've got to have the trials. Yeah, and a lot of times the trials are what uh, where we lose heart. Yep. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. This is harder <laughs> than I thought. Well, I thought if I follow Jesus, everybody will love me. Right. Where, where would you get that from the scripture? Yeah. They, they hate you because they hated me first. <laughs> but in a lot of these feel-good churches, in a lot of these these social gospel churches, that's exactly what they get yeah, is... false message. It's false. Hey, God loves you. God will protect you. God will save you. All your problems go away. Give and all your money problems will go away. That's what but, they say. But the scripture says, yeah. all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. persecution. It is given unto you on the behalf of Christ. I don't need to believe on his name, but to suffer yeah. for his yeah. namesake, Philippians yeah. one twenty nine. And so trial, uh, hardship, testing is all part of a process. Yep. God is bringing us through a process of sanctification, setting us apart, emptying of out well, of but, ourselves. Because we don't we don't grow when we're on top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice view. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's up there hardly. <laughs> we grow getting to the top. Yeah, it's it's the labor. The, the yes. Yeah. Yes. And and he's like, listen, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The the whole idea, guys, is this perfect and complete perfect literally would be uh, in the, in the Greek is perfect, mature, complete, fully developed. Yeah. Yeah. Fully developed. It is uh, teleos and it literally means mature and fully developed. It doesn't mean perfect without problems, perfect without, you know, some kind of a mark. And then complete in the Greek comes from the word 
uh, Holy uh, Holak Eros, Eros, however you want to say it, right? And it literally means, to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it literally means intact, intact. You're not falling apart mm-hmm. and blameless. When I feel myself uh, kind of losing heart a little bit, I try to stop and uh, get out, get alone if I can. Mm-hmm. It's best for me to get alone for a little while. I need people desperately, but I need to get alone. And I look at the situation and I ask myself, why am I losing heart? And then the spirit of God will, will, will minister to me because I'm seeking him. I'm a mess, Lord. I need help. I'm falling apart on the right. inside. You knew I was an idiot when you called me, but you called right. me and I surrendered <laughs> and here I am. Help me. And he, and he's there. And I, I you know, I'm, this is for real. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. this is preachers go through this, and then uh, if if it's sin, that's the easy part. If I've just sinned with a bad attitude or harshness or what it is, and lust of the eyes, lust of flesh, pride of life, if if it's sin, that's really pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Stop sinning. Right. If we're if, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So, if it is sin, that's the easy part. Just get right with God, and a lot of times those clouds will go away because yes. we're not grieving the Spirit. Now we're pleasing the Spirit. Right. But most of the time, when my preacher friends are 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 kind of losing heart, it's not just because they're out doing stupid things. It's just that they're getting weary. And they're just listening to complaint after problem after need. They're getting dumped on. And sometimes uh, that can be overwhelming because, yeah. because well, one of the things is you don't have an answer for them or you have the answer and they're not, not living listening. it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, counsel, so, counsel, counsel. And I, you know, I've had people and I love them to death and I counsel them, give everything I got. And I get wore out when yeah. I'm counseling people. And then, you know, two weeks later, well, it's because you're pouring all you have into them. Yeah. And then two weeks later, pastor, I need you. I need you. And then I'm tired. It's like, I want to be there for you. But like, I asked him a question. Did you heed what I said last time? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do the homework I gave you? No. Then why are we meeting? Because if you don't do the first thing, we can't move to the second. Well, that that wears me out when I'm in the pastoral role. It does. So I want to identify what what is the reason I'm losing heart, right? And because uh, you, you can't fix uh, this, you can't fix the falling apart with the same verse or the same thing, right? So f- first of all, I just try to get alone with God, and, uh, and just, well, but here's now here's a contingency on getting alone with God, uh, because you know people are like, oh, I love God, that's enough. It's not enough. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's right. So now we need actions. Well, one of the things that James talks about, if you don't want to lose heart, your relationship has to be right. Verse five, well, verse four, he says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be com- a perfect and complete lacking nothing, right? And when we, when we look at this, the patience literally is endurance, fortitude, steadfastness, uh, the capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's, that's literally the word patience and, and what it means. So if we're going to let that patience have its perfect work, that we can be complete and lack nothing, verse 5, he goes on and says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God will give you everything you need without reservation. Isn't that neat? He doesn't send us out to try to figure it out. 
And if we figure out, then we can come back and explain things to him so he can fix it. Mm-hmm. God said, you skip that. that. That's not how it works. Just come to me and ask me. Yeah, and I will give it to you liberally and without reservation, without reproach. And there's a condition on that in the text. <sighs> Upbraideth not. God's not going to give me wisdom to kind of get through my trial so I can kind of get back on. He's not going to do it so I can be a big shot. Oh, look at Duke. He, he rocks. He's so awesome. No, no, no. He's doing it to conform me to the image of his humble son. That's right. To empty me out right. of self yep. so that... Uh, I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm just trying to be let Christ be himself in right. me and through me so I can go out and lift up others, right. not tear them down. But the problem is, I think, to be honest with you, is people are co- so consumed with themselves yep. that they ask God not because they believe he'll do it, but because they're desperate. Yeah. And the scriptures here say, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. There's a motive in there, isn't there? There's motive. If, if the motive is big me, so I can you be a little you, God's ain't touching that. But when our motive is pure, Lord, I just want to get built back up in the middle, uh, in the inner man. I want to get back mm-hmm. in the saddle. Yep. I want to bring you glory. Then, yep. then God will take that really bad moment. He'll touch it. Mm-hmm. He'll be with you. He'll give you, I call them smooches. Yep. Something will happen and you just know he's aware yep. he's present. Yep. And for me, that, that fixes it. Right. And right. sometimes, you know, when it's, when it's gotten fixed on the inside, I, I, I'm revived. Uh, I'm 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 not falling apart now. I'm ready to get, stay in the saddle. And then I think, well, what what changed on the outside? Right, nothing. 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 What changed on the inside? Got my eyes off self. Yep. I I'm, I am right with God. I am surrendered. I look to Him. He spooches me. And something little thing can happen on the outside. You might. I I just got a. You know what causes anxiety, don't you? I think so, but let me hear which pride, selfishness. I'm anxious because it's not going my way. I'm anxious because I'm not seeing what I want to see. It's got to be this way. Yeah. I'm anxious. Listen, I'm telling you, the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication. Right. And and I think the people, they, you're like, Oh, I love Jesus, but you don't trust in Jesus. Because if you're truly trusting Jesus, you're perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Right. And the reality is when we're anxious, we're just focused on us. And God says, I don't, I don't honor that. And so guys, if you want your anxiety to go away, you want, uh, um, you want that peace, that restoration, you want to not lose heart. You have to quit looking at you, depending on you and thinking only of you. You have to look at Christ and seek Christ's will and die to yourself every day. I think that a lot of times we get into that way of thinking through false expectancy. We, the nation of Israel, they just got delivered from Egyptian bondage. They just saw the 10 plagues. They just saw the waters part. They've been eating manna for, uh, they don't have to worry about groceries. It's there. Water's coming from the rock. They're protected from their enemies, but they weren't expecting it to be so hot. (laughs) 
They well, weren't, they weren't expecting to have to go out every day to get the manna. Yeah. Oh, and now the manna isn't good enough. Yeah, and then we have to have quail. They got quail up in their nose. <laughs> God joked them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that's not funny, but it is funny. You know, they expected an easier way, <laughs> right? And then they got, then they became foolish. Well, not even expected. They they expected it, not because God promised it. They expected it because. Well, we're God's people. Yeah, we 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 deserve better. Than we this. deserve better than this. Yeah, I, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, I wanted to get out of Egyptian slavery, but I didn't want to have to walk. Well, to the Holy how about this? Can't you put it in a tram or something? <laughs> <laughs> right. How about this? God parts the Red Sea, saves them from Pharaoh's army. Dude, you know this has got to be talk about drama. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Day three. Day three. You brought us out here to kill us. Moses, you're the real enemy. We had it made back there. We were day three. That was a bad day for uh, for Moses. Wasn't Look, it? it wasn't even a full three days. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there's poor Moses. So there's different reasons. Okay, he's having a down day, but it's not because of his own sin. Right. So he can he can get himself fixed different from that. They just have to repent. They just have to trust Christ. Right, right. And uh, so there's different reasons why people have lost heart. And uh, we identify that reason. If it's sin, confess it. Right. Turn from it. I love what you just said, eyes off self, mm-hmm. eyes on Christ. And, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I, I'm, I have, I'm off to a good start, I'm worshiping God. I've been in his word. He spoke to my heart. I've, I've had a chit-chat with him. And I just say, God, let me do something eternal today. Well, that, that's the beginning of great things. Yeah, and then he'll put something on your heart, mm-hmm. and I'll send a little text out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Just say, Lord, put somebody on my heart. Boom, there they are, and I'll send them a little message. Right. Say, you're on my heart today. I prayed for you. I love you. I think you're awesome. Hope all is well. And then later that day, I get the most incredible letter back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Pastor, I can't believe yeah. it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so I'm not. But again, because you started the day out yeah. with gave, everything right. And gave God a chance to show up and do yeah. something. Yeah. And created an expectation from God to do something through you. And then he does it. And then right. I'm amazed and I'm right. having a good day. Right. Right. But see, your prayer wasn't about you. Amen. That's. That's kind of a pattern, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to pray for yourself because, you know, Lord, uh, help me. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, open my eyes. Uh, Lord, show me how to love. Uh, Lord, forgive me where I fail. Uh, Lord, um, you know I need help in this area. Uh, so, Father, I ask you to help in this area. Uh, Lord, sh- uh, give me opportunities to show your amazing grace. And, Lord, open up a door for me to witness for you. I mean, listen, there's a lot of ways you can pray for yourself that are not all about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starts with confession. Then it goes with asking. I'm asking God to show me his glory. I'm asking God yeah. to use me for his glory. I'm asking God to let something happen in my life today that will count for eternity. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? And just thought about this. There's people who re- absolutely refuse to pray for themselves because they're like, oh, I'm not going to pray for me. I'll pray for everyone else. Well, that's massive arrogance in itself as well. <laughs> Because he says, ask. Just ask with the right attitude. Paul prayed for himself. All the time. Oh, oh my goodness. And he asked people to pray for him. Yep. And, yes. Uh, boy, Satan will just mess us up any way he can. Satan will jack you to the moon and back, man. 
He doesn't even care. But listen, I, I want you to understand that Christians face hardships just like everyone else. And we can become discouraged just like everyone else. But the problem is we don't have the right to lose heart and be discouraged because we have a power that works in us that the world doesn't have. So the reality is, is we can get there, but we don't have the right to stay there. Yeah. And we don't need to set up camp there and invite no. people to come over and join our pity party. I don't want to go to people's pity party. I'll go and encourage them, help them and hit and run, but I don't want to just stay and get dumped on and just, right. I want to go throw everything I've got on somebody's, uh, if they're down, I want to try to lift them up and, uh, and most of the time it's pretty effective. It, it is. And, and here guys, listen, our hope in God is what anchors our souls. Right. And that's why I say the difference is that even with Elijah and with Moses and with David, uh, okay, they got there, but they didn't have the right to stay there because they had a power to pull from that would get them out. And each one and, of those in their their times, is that neat the Holy Spirit recorded when they were down? Absolutely. They were losing heart. Yep. I didn't realize, so you just said it, but they all, it was alone where mm -hmm. the victory started happening. They got alone. But as soon as they got alone for a while, then God hooked them up with somebody. Right. You know, well, they didn't get alone by themselves. They got alone with God. Yeah, they got alone with God. And then down the road, you know, God gave Jonathan mm -hmm. to David. Yep. God gave uh, Timothy to Paul. God gave And Joshua. Paul to Timothy. Yeah, it's a two-way street. Yeah. And I, I find that way in just everyday practical stuff. You know, Pastor John and I spend, I think I spend more time with you one-on-one <laughs> -on -one than I do with my wife. It's a, get her a half hour here, an hour there. Right. You all day. All day, baby. <laughs> But it's it's so cool when you're with builder uppers, yeah, and it's people that you can yeah. trust with your heart, and you pour into them, and sometimes we dump it on them, but knowing so that I'm open to be dumped on too, and we just give and take, and we have somebody twofold, uh, two or better than one. The Bible says absolutely, and a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. So there's a time of alone with God, confessing to God, reaching out to God that alone place. And then there's a connection place that comes with people. And you'd, you'd made mention of that before that, you know, I don't maybe have the connections ministerially that I, I, I thought I wanted, I needed, but I have found uh, connections that do meet my need yep. and whatever. That's the other thing, you know, don't look at what other people have thinking you need the same thing because you may not. As a matter of fact, you may need a whole lot less. And if you need a whole lot less and you hold on to that and hold on to Jesus and make the difference where God has set you, you know, when difficulties come, believers do, we don't need to despair because we have an anchor and that's what you were talking about. You know, we get alone uh, and when we get alone with God, that's our anchor. That's what we, that's what we anchor ourselves into. Hebrews six nineteen says this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Now, what makes this one so special is the soul, an anchor of the core of who we are. Mm -hmm. Not our problem, but of us. Who am I in Christ? Who is Christ in me? I am an ambassador for Christ. I've been chosen. I've been called. My body's his temple. I start taking a look at the facts of who Christ says I am because my feelings tell me I'm dumb. I'm ugly. My mother <laughs> me funny. You're a loser. Yeah. And sometimes your it. feelings are, are semi-accurate. <laughs> yeah. God did not give my emotions to be my master, but to be my servant. Exactly. His word tells me who I am. Right. I and, and if you start saying, I feel like, well, you've already messed up. Yeah. 
but we focus in on who he is. So that's what 19 and 20 goes on with. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Look at that, sure and steadfast. And which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever. I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is our forerunner. He's our high priest. He's our comforter. He, he uh, through the Holy Spirit, right? He comforts us, guides us, directs us, teaches us. Uh, I mean, w- what do we have to complain about except for we're not getting our own way? <laughs> I, th- I think that's the problem. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. I have two little grandkids that live upstairs, <laughs> and uh, the one just wakes up just a pouty face in the morning. Everything <laughs> in the world is wrong. She's two and a half. And how are you doing today? She won't even answer uh, you. That's so you funny. know, and then we divert her attention. It's away from she's having a bad Herself. day. And uh, we divert her attention to something we know that she likes, and it just goes right. away. Right. Exactly. Second Corinthians 4.17 says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, we have to look toward God, the Holy Spirit, uh, and and his power to draw from that. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal so god knows what he's doing i'm thinking uh so god has a reason why he allows things to happen i'm thinking and uh god has allowed that for something ultimately good to happen to me yeah i'm thinking yeah (laughs) me too (laughs) me too dude it is so funny but yet it's so clear listen if you're losing heart stop and look at what you're focusing on self pretty much every it, time. pretty much every time man and that's what causes anxiety that's what because people go well you know i get as a matter of fact this this question came up oh pastor i get into a large crowd and i start getting anxious what do you think causes that you're being uncomfortable you don't know how to deal with it so you're getting anxious it's about you and I don't even mean that in a negative. I'm just simply saying you've made it about you. Every time anxiety comes, it's because we made it about us or ourselves. Listen, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of boldness and of sound mind. Second, Tim, Second Timothy one seven. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's either First Timothy one seven I'm told or to second. Correct you on where and yeah, yeah. Verse. But I know it's I know it's Timothy one seven. Whether it's one or two, I'm not sure. Um, but but the thing is, is is um, you know, I've not given you that spirit. So if that spirit's overwhelming you, oh, and be anxious for nothing. If you are anxious, you're not trusting God. Guys, listen. It's not the work of the spirit. Exactly. It's the or the, the flesh. It, the flesh or Satan. Yeah. And so what we have to realize is, and, and I, okay, I get people go, well, that's easier said than done. Not if you're focusing on Christ. I think a Corey Ten Boom. Oh, boy. What a testimony. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you've not read about her, you need to go read about her. But but she was in prison. She was in, in well, in camp, right? And the only thing she wanted was the word of God. And she was like, Lord, I just need it. I just want a Bible. I just want a Bible. 
God, they go out of, of outside of the, the camp and they work. She ends up this getting a prison camp, World War II. Yeah, a prison camp. Thank you. And she ends up getting a Bible. She has nowhere to put it. So she puts it in her underwear. Now they got to go through security to get back, to go back into their bunks. And she is like, I just, it's, I have nowhere to put it. So she puts it in her underwear. She's walking up and then they make them strip. And they didn't even see the Bible. They told her, go on. And she moves right on through with the word of God. Do you know why? She was focused on God. God, I just want you. I just need you. I need a miracle. And he did it. And he did it. Yeah. God will make the impossible possible if the impossible you're asking for is not about you. And he smooched her. Oh, my goodness. Miraculously. Yes. I'm just dying to jump in with this. David on the bottom He's, he gives his life for the king and the country and the king tries to kill him and he's in exile and everything that you would normally lean on in life, he's losing. He lost his job. He lost his standing in the community. His, oh my goodness. The king gave his wife to another man. He loses his marriage. Uh, he, he, his, his pastor Samuel dies. He can't go to the funeral. He, he just lost. Yeah, he's, he's out. He's, he's at the bottom and he, he built this little group of guys and they're going to try to help uh, the Philistines and the Philistines reject him. And while he's away, the Amalekites come and burn the little village of, of Ziklag where they're at. And he's on the bottom. And the, this group of men speak of stoning him to death. He is uh, having a rough day. He's pretty much lost heart. Dude, and look, he's there. I mean, look what he says. He goes, uh, Oh Lord, give ear to my supplications. Supplications are scary emotional prayers. Yes. You know, we pray when we start that we don't supplicate. We'd freak out the audience, you know, right, right. He's screaming supplications. Hear me and enter not into judgment with thy servant for in thy sight shall no man be living and justified. I know I'm a worm. I know I'm no good. I'm a mess for the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground and hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. He's on the bottom. Right. And in, in the text in first in the first Samuel it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord, his God, his God is personal now. Right, right. And here's what he did, verse four, uh, verse five. I remember the days of old. He's reliving past blessings. He's reliving the Bible stories he learned, the story he learned about Joseph. He was forsaken of his brothers, framed by Potiphar's wife, accused of uh, attempted rape, for, forgotten in the prison, and yet the Lord was with him and it had a happy ending. I remember those days. I remember how you showed up, God, and he takes the scriptures that he knew and what God did in the past, and the Holy Spirit meets him in the present, and he makes it through. He well, gets strengthened. In, in five, yeah, I remember the days old. I meditate on all your works, on everything that you did, God. Let's talk about that for a moment. Because he got his mind off of himself and focused his mind on yeah. Christ. Yeah. Anxiety goes away. He did. It does. And notice that the I amuse on the works of your hands. What is that? I think creation he's out in the wilderness it's absolutely gorgeous the sunsets the sunrise yeah. Yeah. the mountains the streams the animals uh, you have nature to see god's perfection and his balances 
And then the, the work of God in the hearts of people. Man, my dad give his life for me. Man, my daddy loves me, Jesse. Uh, my, my brothers, you know, they made fun of me then, but they saw the giant go down. And after that, his brothers were right. very supportive of him after the giant went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he starts thinking about what he has and, and not what he has not. Right, right. He, uses, he thinks about who God is, what he's done, and it's not about himself. He's right. not pouting. He's just hurting, and he reaches out. <laughs> and the Lord turned that around so fast. They will go after the enemy. Should I go after him? Gotcha. Yeah. And man, they find him the right guys in the right place at the right time to take them right where they need to go. They get it all back. Plus the spoils. Yep. Then, uh, King Saul and unfortunately Jonathan, they die. And then like the next day he's King of Judah. God took him from the bottom to the top in about I think it was about 36 hours. Yeah. And and the, the cool thing about this word muse in verse five, I muse on the work of your hands. Literally, it describes the action of putting forth emotionally motivated speech, which may be positive or negative, depending on the speaker's emotional state. And so literally, he's like, I muse. I, I am praying out to you, talking out to you. He's very emotional about this passionate. because of uh, passionate because of God's goodness of what God has done, the works of his hands. Lord, you've made some beautiful things. You've gotten some of your great people through hard times in the past, and I'm a mess. I need your help. Yep. Got the right heart attitude. There you go. Once you once that heart is focused on God and we're dead to self, we're surrendered, we've confessed if it's sin, and we're reaching out, yeah, he's gonna going to show up yeah he does and and again remember in james it's focusing on god not on self in with david here in this psalm 143 so in the old testament and the new testament huh exactly don't you, you love it? do that john <laughs> so in in psalm 143 it's i'm overwhelmed i'm distressed i don't know what to do what does what does david do verse five like you just pointed out, I remember the days of old. Man, just go back to your salvation. Mm -hmm. Just go back to when God touched you so special and you got through. And then forget about you for a minute and praise God. Meditate on his works and then muse in the works of your hands or or just cry out for because of God's glory and what he's done. Reliving, I call it reliving past blessings. Yeah. And I know when I get together with you, I, I like about every other month, I need you to tell me the story of when we first met and when you came here, you you, you lost your job. I mean, you, you sold your business. You you got nothing, man. You just, I love, I know the story. Right. <laughs> but I love to hear right. you tell the story because it was clearly God, was God. having his hand yeah. on you, yeah. meeting your needs right. against all odds. And boy, and when I listen to you tell your story, I'm reliving my story because he did the same thing for me. Right. And, and, and the truth is guys, that was emotional for me. Yeah. I mean, that was, listen, I'm selling everything I have again, four years later and moving again to a state that I had not been to. When you came here, you had three miles to feed. I only had one. <laughs> I didn't well, have any kids yet. I had one yeah. in, in the womb, but yeah. It was, it was, I had four, if you count me wanting to eat, <laughs> we trusted, we trust, we believed that God could do this. Right. I'm sorry for yelling in the microphone. No, you're I'm good. Right. I can't help it. But no, no, that you're right. And, we trusted, uh, but wait a minute, Duke, 
What was the whole idea when you got here and you you started to get distressed because you're like, I don't have a job. My car's broke down. I don't know what I'm going to do. What's the first thing you did? Well, I crawled into fetal position, <laughs> acted like a big giant wimp. That's what I did. <laughs> At first, but he didn't leave me. He didn't leave me right. forsaken. And, and you cried up. out. I you cried. cried out. I cried, and I said, "Oh God, I what have I?" And in the morning, I I no longer. I got out of the fetal position, and that that despair was gone. Mm-hmm. And I knew God was bigger than my stupidity, and uh, he brought. Well, us here. and here's the other thing: He's bigger than your faith. Yeah, my faith's this big, and He's that big. Yeah, yeah. He's wait. He's waiting on us to catch up. Yeah. And he wants us to catch up. You know, John, I look back on those uh, lose, lost heart moments. Mm-hmm. They're kind of sweet because I didn't stay there. Right. I did lose heart in the moment. But we did what David did. We did right. what J- James says to do. We reached out. Well, how about this, man? How about Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 9? We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm telling you, God is in, the, in this with us. Yeah. He's in the moment, but he's beyond the moment. That's exactly. And he led us to the moment. Yeah. Even though, uh, and I love what I love about this passage, hard pressed on every side. In other words, we have pressure from from all four sides, right? This ain't easy, man. But we're not crushed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's pressure, but you're not destroyed. How about we're perplexed, but we're not in despair? Look, guys, this, this I don't know what to just, do, but he does. Yeah, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Mm-hmm. God's still there. How about we're struck down, but we're not destroyed because God holds our life and people are watching this when I was a young pastor people could see this and they saw God's hand upon me they saw God's hand provide for me they saw God do miraculous things in our baby church to give us some land to build our buildings to do all the things that we just did not have the know-how or the resources and yet you look back and he did it and we know he did it we know it wasn't us. How about this? Paul. So Paul was in prison, beaten, whipped for sharing the gospel. He was shipwrecked. He experienced danger at sea from bandits, fellow Jews, Gentiles, false believers. He was hungry at times, thirsty, cold, and deprived. How about 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 27? From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one that's a 300 was it 395 stripes actual actual yeah 395 three times i was beaten with rods once i was stoned she i was stoned way more (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm sorry i I said paul got Uh, stoned uh, dude how about (laughs) i guess i first saw that dude where I came from. Who is stoned? Like me now, Johnny. <laughs> Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, 
in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. So besides all of that, just your daily pressure, right? My deep concern for all the churches. I think that was the hardest part. I think it was. I think that was the hardest part. Yep. And then he says in 29, who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. And he goes on in Romans 8, 37. So Paul has lived through all this and been through all this and been persecuted in toil after toil and persecution after persecution. And in Romans eight thirty seven, he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's interesting. As you were reading that list, I never thought of this before. The one shipwreck was recorded in scripture. Two were not even mentioned. But he was shipwrecked three times. Yeah, but only one. Only one. Is even mentioned. Only one. I, none of those times where he was beat with rods is mentioned. He's, he, what is that? Five, Five times. Plus three, so eight, with whips, eight times. Yeah. I know he was beaten at Philippi. Mm-hmm. It records it. But I don't think that seven other times. Well, then well, he, was, he, was, he was stoned once. I see. At, so it says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. And then about three times with rods. So five plus three is eight times. But I can only think of twice. Three times I was beaten with rods. That's eight times. Eight times. And, and only, only twice, twice in scripture. is it recorded. So he wasn't just right, no, I had a bad day. Here's what happened. He just kind of, okay, it happened. Lord was with me last time. He'll be with me this time. And when he got beat in Philippi, it opened the door for him to stay and preach the gospel in Philippi till he was ready to leave. So God, he learned that God, even in this, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt like crazy, but it, 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 it allowed the God. Paul was so focused on the things of God that he even said, if I could take their place, I would in hell. Boy, I've never said that prayer. That's a big one. Moses prayed that prayer Mm -hmm. and Paul prayed that prayer. Yeah. Think, think about that. That's, and, and yet Paul, five times beaten, three times with a rod, so that's eight, is stoned once. By the way, stoned and then thrown on a garbage pile. Yeah. It's, I have an, in that, I, was it at Iconium where they stoned him and they drug him outside the city for dead? Now, I'm not a medic or anything like that, but I can tell when somebody's dead. Right. Okay, I'm a hunter. I've hunted and all that kind of stuff. I know when something or somebody is dead. Right. They thought. They thought he was dead. Drug now, him out there. Now, was, <laughs> I think God raised him. Here's what I thought. He gets stoned. They think he's dead. He gets up. He doesn't even take a day off from work. Not even his sick day. Nope. Goes straight to the next <laughs> preaching point. Paul, I'm sorry. You rock. Paul's the man. He, he, that's his, rock. Listen, that is as beast mode as you yeah, can get. Yeah, baby. That's, uh, that's awesome. He didn't even, didn't even put in his first sick day, dude. Can I have a day off, Lord? I just got I just got killed yesterday. Can I have a day? Nah, let's go back to work. It was his uh, brethren, the other apostles, that helped him up. He got him to his feet, and then he walked on and went, okay, let's go serve. You know, there's something supernatural that happens when we're suffering for Christ's sake. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. And that doesn't make any sense. Nope. But I'll tell you, when you've been persecuted 
and you go on your way rejoicing, kind of privilege to suffer for his namesake, you are experiencing God, almighty God, in the now. Yeah. And sometimes in a pastor, pastorally, I was under the weight, and our people are fussing with each other, and they're upset, and Satan's trying to overturn the apple cart, and I'm, I'm just strung out. I've lost sleep. I just can't. I got 99 hours of work to do, and I got 10 hours to do it, and I'm just overwhelmed. And then just in, in a moment, God will say, thanks for being there. You called me. You didn't quit. I got this thing. I know what I'm going to do. And he can fix things so quick. Yeah. And uh, so I look back on uh, almost 50 years of walking with him and have so many of these times I was losing heart. I look back and they were all bitter. Turned sweet. Yep. They all turned sweet. Jesus says in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And what he's saying is, guys, we overcome the world through Christ and because of Christ. And so believers don't need to lose heart. Listen, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Don't lose heart. We serve a great and mighty God, one who will carry us through. I look at Paul as the example, and Paul says, man, I have been through the junk and back, and yet I won't lose heart because I know who holds my hand, and I know whose hand I hold. I heard a guy say, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Amen. And listen, you can have victory as well if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And if you don't, I pray that one day you do. And you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and then you, too, will have the ability to not lose heart. Guys, I hope this has helped you, and if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.